Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to Bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. It's 2020. It's a Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Gonna be I'm, a not, great I'm year. not going to say it's a new decade because there's all that arguing about oh, yeah. when's the decade actually begin. So doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's 2020. Start fresh. Start new. Um, of course, I want to big uh, uh, a first of the year shout out here to our sponsors. Thank you to Bruce and Hypebot for everything you, you've Bruce. done to support us and continue to do. Of course, bands in town. Thank you so much. We've actually got. Uh, john from bands in town scheduled for the end of the month so it'll be nice to get an update on what's going on in the bands in town world um but i also want to remind you this week's episode is brought to you by bandzoogle built for musicians by musicians bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and epk for your music Banzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in. Hosting with a custom domain name, dozens of customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and newsletters, social media integrations, Over the last year, they've added crowdfunding that's commission-free, fan club subscriptions that are commission-free. They've got every tool you're going to want to use as a band. And, of course, they've got incredible live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Head over to bandzoogle.com. Try it out for free for 30 days. Use the promo code. Write this down, musicbizweekly. Put that promo code in and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription at bandzoogle.com. And, of course, discmakers.com. Thank you so much. We all know it's a digital world. It's still an important role for physical media and for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small. It's selling physical products like CD, vinyl T-shirts at gigs. It's become an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. Head over to DiscMakers.com, place your order for a 100 or more CDs, put in the code FREEBIZ, FREEBIZ, and you'll get free shipping up to $150 value. Head over to discmakers.com, take advantage of that free biz. So, Jay, we are joined by, it's actually his returning performance here. David Meerman Scott joins us again, and he was on Music Biz Weekly podcast, I don't know, years ago when it first started, and we were focusing on his book, Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead. Well, he's got a new book coming out on January 7th called Fanocracy. Um, David's an internationally acclaimed business strategist, entrepreneur, advisor to emerging companies, and a public speaker. He's a Wall Street bestselling author of 
10 previous books, including the new rules of marketing and PR, Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead, as I've mentioned, and the new rules of sales and service. In his spare time, he surfs, travels the world for great live music. David's a goes fan. Goes to a lot of shows. <laughs> you might sit here and go, what does he got to do with music? He's a music fan who understands marketing like nobody else. You need to listen to what David's got to say about building your tribes, fanocracy, and yep. a couple amazing tips of what you can do to deepen your connection with your fans. Yep. Let it roll. David Meerman Scott. Everybody, I would love to welcome back to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, David Meerman Scott. David, thank you so much for coming back, joining us. Um, I, I, you know, you are just, you are a marketing music mashup here, <laughs> aren't you? Isn't that amazing? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm. I'm massive live music fan in fact just a few minutes before we got on i bought another set of tickets for the next show i'm going to i i keep a spreadsheet i've been to 790 live shows starting when i was age 15 the first show i saw was aerosmith at madison square garden the second show i saw was the ramones at my high school i was in the front row of the auditorium wow. The only high school that I know of that they ever played, even though they did a movie called Rock and Roll say, High School. <laughs> you truly were at the Rock and Roll High School show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and so a massive live music fan. But then I'm also th I also think deeply about marketing. And a lot of the ideas that I write and speak about are um, actually come from the music world. So it is a crazy mashup, but I love it. And, yeah. and you know what? And, and that's great because... As somebody in the music world here, I love to look at what's being done marketing-wise outside of music and go, Absolutely. hey, where can I where can I cultivate ideas from yeah, other sources from? and go, you know, I can twist this, change that, and adjust the theme, and it'll work for an album. It'll work for a tour. I mean, audience right. growth and marketing, it's sometimes about the product, but a lot of times it's just tactics and human nature and behavior. Yes. And yes. so it, 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 I mean, I hate to say it. Everybody thinks that their product is the unique snowflake, but people are people. Yeah, I, I, that's, ex I think that's exactly right. And, you know, in the, la the last five years, I've been deep, I've done a deep, deep, deep dive into the idea of fandom. Um, I call it fanocracy. That's a uh, that's a, an environment where the fans rule. Um, and I did it with my daughter Reiko. She's 26 years old. She's also a massive live music fan. And she co-wrote the book with you, right? She co-wrote the book with me. Yeah, fanocracy is the title of the book, turning fans into customers and customers into fans. She's a massive Harry Potter fan as well as being a music fan. Mm -hmm. um, and so the idea of uh, co-authors being a, um, you know, a middle-aged white guy and a, um, a, mi a mixed race, uh, millennial woman, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, was a pretty, it was a pretty cool combination. Um, and, and we wanted to get at the essence of, of how fandom happens. And what we learned is that it doesn't matter the product or service or idea or art, what it comes down to is a true human connection. And that's something that's really powerful that all of us can learn from um, is the idea of a true human connection. And what I recognize in being a live music fan 
is that there's so many artists who don't cultivate human connections with their audiences. And I think they're missing out a lot because what that means is they're relying only on their product. They're relying only on their music right. when there's such a, another that's huge a element of it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. exactly right. Well, what you just said is the same thing that we tell people about socials. You know, it's about having engagement, having a relationship, having that communication. And if you don't have that and you're just barking out, buy my album, see my show, right, buy my album, right. see my show. I, I couldn't agree with you more because the artists that I am crazy about, the ones that I see over and over and over, I love their music, but that's not the core of it. Right. I feel like, you know, like in the Queen movie, for example, they talked mm -hmm. about how they were a bunch of misfits. Mm -hmm. And they related in the audience of misfits related to them. And there was this relationship, this connection that went much larger and broader than just the product. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. And um, my daughter, Reiko, my co-author, um, did a neuroscience degree at Columbia University, and she's now in her final year of medical school. So one of the Fantastic. things. That, thank you. One of the things that we wanted to do was see if there was a neuroscience component of this idea of fandom. <laughs> um, and we had no idea. I mean, is there, who knows? I don't know. Let's figure it out. And, um, you know, we, we spent a lot of years doing this research. We spoke with a number of neuroscientists to learn what's going on in our brain. And actually it's really simple and really powerful to know what's happening in our brains when we become a fan and here, and it's really simple. Here's what it is. All humans are hardwired to want to become part of a tribe. It goes back to the caveman days because if Makes you were with, if you were with your tribe, then you feel as though you're um, uh, that you're safe, and you have very positive human connections. But if you're not with your tribe, you feel threatened, and your fight vulnerable. or your yeah vulnerable. Your fight or flight in instinct kicks in. So what this means for artists, what this means for fandom, is that the more human connections you can build, true human connections you can build with fans, um, and the more that you allow fans to connect with one another, and that's also a really important part of, of forming this fandom, what you're doing is you're creating a tribe. You're creating a tribe of like-minded people who will feel comfortable and safe when they're around you and those who are part of that same tribe. And you and they and 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 that's a really really powerful human connection. Um, and it, it it actually becomes the essence of what what fandom is when, you know, for example, my my. Um, the, the band that I've seen the most is The Grateful Dead. I've been to 75 shows. Um, this first one when I was age 17. And I can go to a Grateful Dead show and I can turn to anybody to my right or my left and I know they're part of the tribe. Mm -hmm. I can start a conversation as if we're old friends. Right. And, uh, and that's really powerful from the positive side. But if I'm in a crowded elevator... Uh, or in a subway car, and I don't know people, and I turn to my right or my left, that's a, that's a really uncomfortable situation. Again, because your brain is hardwired and it's kicking in. Well, you made so a what, point earlier about that. Sorry to cut you off. You made a point yeah. earlier that I wanted to interject, and that is that, I mean, like, not everybody's doing this. The Grateful Dead are great at it. Jimmy Buffett's great at it. Kiss is great at it. There's a handful of people who, when you go to their shows, you are part of that tribe. Yes. But I've also been to shows where I look to my right and my left – 
I have nothing in common with those mm-hmm. folks. How do can you speak to that a little bit? How do people create that tribe? So um, I think it starts from the artist. Now, some of those bands that we're we've been talking about, Grateful Dead and Kiss, uh, and Jimmy Buffett. I mean, they've become so big that the artists themselves very rarely mingles with fans anymore. Um, so that's been developed over, and I think in all of those cases, 50 years or more, right? Or at least yeah. 40 years or more yeah. for those bands. Yeah. Um, but when you're talking about a younger band, um, what it means is um, sticking around after the show to meet every single fan who waits there. Um, don't just jump, j- you know, run away. Um, it means... always, always, always engage with social media when your fans engage with you. It has to be two-way. We talked about that a moment before when people are just like, hey, buy my album or go to my show. Um, And I'm always amazed because I go to a lot of young bands, indie bands, you know, Mm -hmm. some of them don't even have an album yet or maybe they just have their first or whatever. And, you know, maybe they have, I don't know, 20,000 followers on on Twitter or 10,000 followers on Instagram or whatever. And I might take a photo and, and, and send a message out. I'm amazed that like 10% of the time I, I get a response, but 90% of the time I don't. Now I've got 127,000 followers on Twitter and <laughs> right. you stinking little baby band has 10,000 followers on Twitter and you can't reply to me? Um, I mean, you're missing an opportunity to develop a tribe of people who love you because the whole point of engaging is that it's two way. It's one person to another person. It's building that emotional connection. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always said the number one thing fans want above anything you could give above free tickets, free music, free t-shirts. They want to be recognized by the artist as a fan and and in this world of social media i tell clients that's actually extremely simple to do just clicking the like button right sends out a message and i i've seen this firsthand following somebody back on twitter i my eyes light up i get the biggest smile when i have an artist that follows somebody back on twitter and then i see the response from the fan going Oh my God, this is the greatest day of my life. So-and-so has just followed me. Right. And and I'm like, do you understand at that particular moment when they sent that out, that fan is with you for life now. That's exactly right. You have just cemented that relationship. And all it took was follow back. You didn't have to get into a deep conversation. You didn't have to share personal details. The way social media works, that fan learned you liked the post, you followed, you retweeted. They were told you saw it, and that's it's what so they want. easy to do. And it's for so example, I was I was listening to the Apollo Eleven soundtrack. Yeah, and it's a score, and it's not something I would normally listen to. And it was so it's engaging fabulous, and so amazing, film, right? So, um, the guy who wrote it, Matt Morton, I found him online, sent him a note, just said, "Hey, I really I don't listen to scores, but." It's it's phenomenal. It was mostly done on a Moog synthesizer, and you know, and the he wrote me back, and he right. said, "Oh, hey, thanks for listening." And you know, I, I really learned from uh, you know Roger Joseph Manning, and I said, "Well, he happens to be one of my clients," and I yeah, yeah, I got yeah. them together. But nice. the point of the moral to the story is, you know, reach out to people that 
that touch you. And if you're one of those people that's fortunate enough to have somebody want to follow you on socials or like something that you do, to Michael's point, that is so easy to do. It's right. so simple. You don't have to write them a letter, no. but even if it's a like or a share or a emoticon or something, it, That's it right. pays huge dividends. It's huge. It's huge. And I've, I've seen it from both sides because I've sold a, about a million copies of my books and um, I get I get people who reach out to me who I don't know on social every single day, multiple times. Sure. And, and so for, you know, for way more than a decade, I try to do what we've just talked about. And I've gradually built a fan base as a result of that for my for my writing and people who, when I bring out a new book, will buy it because they're already my fans. It's not to start from scratch. And if I do, a, if they I have go a to a relationship with you, have a relationship with me and it and and as a fan myself, um, I do it all the time with bands that I like or bands that I'm seeing for the first time. And it is unbelievable how, how few of them uh, respond. Um, and th there's another thing. It's, you've probably, you, you, you guys probably talked about this a lot as well, um, uh, as well. But what I see is that so many, um, all kinds of people, but bands in particular, stick to the um, the sort of obvious stuff when they're on social media. Yeah. And I think what's really powerful is when you let yourself um, share parts of your personal life yes. outside of the bus or outside of the minivan and just say, here's who I, here's what I love to do. Because one of the things we learned as we were writing this book is, um, and I'm going to quote my daughter here. I love quoting my daughter. Um, uh, uh, she, it was her chapter. She said, passion is infectious. Passion is infectious. And what she meant by that was that when you show that you're passionate about something outside of work, you're showing that you're a person who's really interesting. So in my case, um, I, I'm always talking about my love of live music when I'm in the corporate world. And there's a lot, there's probably tens of thousands of people who know that I'm a fan of live music. Um, and, and I, I don't hide it. I, I celebrate it. And mm -hmm. I, I share on my work related social networks when I go to a live show. Um, and uh, we interviewed a doctor's name, I mean, sorry, a dentist. His name is Dr. John Marashi. And he um, is a dentist who loves to skateboard. And he's got 14,000 followers on his Instagram. He's a freaking dentist. But people love him because he's the dentist who's passionate about skateboarding. He's relatable. So he He's relatable. So here's what this here's the the lesson for artists is that, yeah, we know you're a rock star. Yeah, we know that you're a, 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 a music artist of some kind. And yeah, we know that, you know, that that you um, um, that you practice and you, you write albums and do that. Um, great. What do you do outside of that? Do you love to surf? Do you love to snowboard? Are you a are you a butterfly collector? Do you knit? I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. We want to know. Yeah. We want to know what your exercise routine is. We want to know what you talk about on the bus going from from venue to venue. Um, we want to know. Do you do you where do you stay? I mean, I don't mean, I mean the ho the actual hotel. You know, you know, your privacy is. You know, it's fine that you need privacy, but. Um, do you like crash on friends' couches or do you find a cheap motel or do you, or do you go, um, go to an Airbnb? We want to know that. Um, and, and the more you, you let, let people know who you are, the more they feel they know you as a person 
and the more they're likely to want to become uh, your, you know, they'll, they'll feel as though you're, they're your fan. They, yeah. I've, I've got a perfect example of what you just explained. A number of years ago, I was working with Dream Theater, and I think it was either a promotion to announce a new tour or a new album, I can't remember. But I put together a Google Hangout for all five guys in the band to get together on Google, and the fans could submit questions to the band members. And, mm. of course, the band members, you know, aren't it, – it's not like the monkeys. Bands don't live yeah. in the same house. You know, we got right. five guys all over North America. Well, John Petrucci, who is the, is the lead guitarist in Dream Theater, was – at his house, sitting out on his patio, taking the questions. And he, mm. not, this wasn't planned, but he was just like, excuse me for a moment, I need to go over to my barbecue grill and flip the chicken breast. Nice, and, nice. And immediately, <laughs> and I saw this happening, I'm just like, oh, this is gold. Immediately, yeah. the fans were like, uh, wait, wait a second. What kind of grill are you using? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, what kind <laughs> yeah, of barbecue yeah, sauce yeah, do you use? Yeah. And, are you and, are you are you, are you actually grilling? You know, what's your what's your what, tech, what are you having yeah. with your chicken tonight? It, it, right. Exactly. The fans all of a sudden were not asking him about his guitar and his solos and writing songs. They were asking him about his passion for barbecuing. And it turns right. out he's a huge barbecue. Not nice. he really gets into it. He knows his stuff. So he got excited that some fans were wanting to know his recipe and his tricks and his t the tools he uses and yeah. what kind of thermometer are you using. That's right. And and I was just sitting back going, that's it. You've just yeah. connected with the fans yeah. on a yeah. personal level. And yeah. now yeah. that fan Don't can sit here and that. go, you know what? I like these guys even more because I love to barbecue. They're like so me. do they. They're just like me. I'm part yeah. of their tribe. And, and and even even if you don't share the same passion, even if you're not someone who's into barbecuing or like Dr. John Marashi, you're not into skateboarding. You, you, you relate to them as a person because you see that they're passionate about something. And by definition, when 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 you're when when the fan sees that their favorite artist is passionate about grilling chicken, then they almost feel more comfortable being passionate about the band. That's right. About mm -hmm. that artist. Yeah. Because it's okay, it's okay for us to have passions in life. <laughs> yeah, and you that know, doesn't cost like, anything, right? That's a very simple thing. Like you had mentioned, you know, getting to know your audience. The first time Garth Brooks toured, his his record was just about to come out or just came out. I went with the record company. We went to this little tiny club in Seattle, maybe 200 people. He ran out of like cover songs at the end to play. And after it was over, he invited everybody to stay. He wanted to meet everybody there and right. everybody stayed and he met and signed CDs and whatever, you know, and talked to everybody. And I see bands kind of doing that now. And then I see some that, you know, maybe rush off to the van. Right. I, I went right. to see the accidentals in Seattle recently. And after the show, they came out, they went over to the merch table and they're, you don't have to buy anything if you didn't sure. want to, but right. they had their picture taken with everybody. They listened to everybody. They got to know people. And I, I heard the people talking as they were leaving the venue about how much that meant to them. Right. That little, no, that that's little absolutely act. right. And, and, and there's actual a, a neuroscience basis to this too, which is really, really interesting. Um, 
uh, it's related to this idea I talked about earlier around the genuine human connections. There's a neuroscientist named Edward T. Hall who identified different levels of proximity between people. And it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. It's a survival technique. So when people are 20 feet away, 20 feet or further away from us, our brains don't track those people. Um, we know they're there, but we don't track them. Inside of 20 feet, from 20 feet to 12 feet, that's called social space, and further than 20 feet is public space. And then inside of four feet is called personal space. So um, what Edward T. Hall identified is the closer that you get to someone, the more powerful the human connections are. And so what this means for artists is that most of the time when you're on a stage, you're in somebody's public space, 20 feet or further. If it's a very small venue, you might be in some people's social space, but not the whole audience's social space uh, inside of 20 feet, between 20 feet and four feet. So as artists, think about how you can get in personal space with, with, um, with some people, um, and that's within four feet. And so um, be hanging at the merch table is a perfect example of this, because now when you're in someone's personal space, and by the way, it's about cocktail party distance, as if you're sharing a drink with somebody, that is where the most powerful human connections happen. And like we talked about earlier, people feel they're part of the same tribe. And that becomes incredibly an incredibly powerful moment. But there's actually another element to this, which is really interesting. Another form of neuroscience called mirror neurons. Mirror neurons are the part of our brains that fire when we see somebody do something and our brains fire as if we're doing it ourselves. And I'm going to demonstrate. I'm holding up a lemon and a slice of lemon. <laughs> yep. And if I take a bite of the slice of lemon... I mean, it's a really powerful thing going on in my brain, right? The, my eyes actually close, my mouth puckers up, my saliva glands are doing their thing. You know, it, it's, it's really a tart thing, this lemon here. Um, and just by hearing and talking, just by seeing me and hearing me do that, your brain is probably firing yep. in the same way. Yep. And even if you're not watching, but only listening, your brain is likely firing as well. That's from mirror neurons. Our our brains fire in the same way when we see or hear somebody do something as if we're doing it ourselves. Here's what this here's where this becomes really interesting for developing fans. So I talked about this idea of proximity. And if you're at the merch table, um, that you're physically close to someone and that's a powerful connection. Uh, another thing that I've seen um, a number of artists do most recently um, I saw St. Vincent do this, is actually come down the stairs. This is a bigger venue, is outside lands. She came down the stairs and went into the audience. And it was a big show. You know, it was tens of thousands of people sure. on the main, main stage at outside lands. That never happens. So now what's happened is St. Vincent was in, and I was way up front. I like I was three feet away. So I was in within personal space of St. Vincent where she was doing a solo, which is really freaking cool. Um, but so, but anyone who's watching that on the video, their brains are firing as if they're actually in St. Vincent's personal space as well. And here's where that becomes really interesting for the use of video and photos by artists. The more images you can show of you interacting with fans, either from the stage or at the merch table, or by the by the van, or by the bus, wherever it is. When you're showing photos and videos on your socials, 
of you interacting with fans, the fans' brains tell them through the power of mirror neurons that they're actually interacting too, and then they have a more powerful connection to you. Yeah, if it's just deeper. the glamour shots on stage, you know, doing your solo, that's fine. Don't stop doing that. But if you can show yourself in proximity of fans, either either from the stage or, or even better yet, um, uh, in other ways, really powerful stuff because of the power of mirror neurons. I couldn't agree with that's that more. Amazing, you know, that's an amazing tip. There's like if you ever go see Rick Springfield live, he he does this thing in every show uh, it, where he goes out into the crowd. Yeah. Right. And he's going from seat to seat. He's hugging selfies right, as right. he's singing the song. Yeah. He, even, he even hands a microphone over to somebody else and gets them to sing a line. Nice. And he's nice. been doing this for years. Goes up on the screen. It goes up on people's socials. I couldn't agree with you more because it, it encourages that deeper connection that you just can't get any other way. It's really powerful. And um, I've seen you two do it. They did it on their last tour. Um, I don't know if you saw the last tour, but they had four different spots where the, the main players were, were standing, which is really interesting. Um, and I've seen Mick's Jag Mick Jagger, you know, when they, when they use the B stage. And when they go from the A stage to the B stage, they're sometimes high-fiving people. But here's the thing that's really interesting is there, that could be a 50,000-seat um, stadium. Yeah. But when people see it on the screen, they feel as though Mick was high-fiving them, too. That's and they're the doing this in sports, too, because, you know, like Michael and I are Minnesota Viking fans. Their new stadium, there's this little kind of gauntlet that the players have to go through to get to the field. And it's surrounded by fans and they're high-fiving right. these fans right. and then they show that on the news and they show that on the big screen and stuff and it, and it speaks exactly to what you're saying yeah and it and, and what i love about this is it's rooted in neuroscience it's it's actually it's actually rooted in a in, in the survival technique around are you part of my tribe and then once you have identified as being a part of a tribe out of a tribe it's a really powerful connection you're part of the same uh, you, you love the same band or you follow the same sports team and then the other aspect of neuroscience your mirror neurons kicking in you believe even though it's on a screen it's exactly why we feel we know movie stars we don't know a movie star but our brain tells us we do because we see them on our screen and our mirror neurons kick in. You know, it's al also one more, just one more point. It's also another reason why you should say yes to every selfie request you ever get. Yeah, because political candidates are doing it right. Exactly right. And uh, I've gone to 22 presidential candidate events in New Hampshire this cycle, and I've gotten a selfie with all of them. Um, <laughs> and they're all they're all doing it. And and um, people some, you know, I'm tired. I want to go home. I don't want to take 15 selfies before I, I get onto the van. Take them. Because every one of those people will post on socials and every one of those people now are showing they're in close proximity with you. And then those other people's mirror, mirror neurons kick in and they feel as though they're in proximity with you too. Really powerful stuff. I, th this is all so fascinating to me. me but too. at the same time, I'm chuckling because I'm sitting here going, oh my God, now we've got musicians who don't want to do marketing, <laughs> right. don't want to understand business, and now we're talking science. Right. And, that, and I'm right. just like, I'm just like, oh, my God, I can just see <laughs> eyes glazing over going, oh, my God, I just want to be a rock star. I just right. want to write and play music. Well, guess what? You got to understand all of this if you want your career to succeed and go to that next level. 
Yes. This seems to me to be the easiest part, though. But know? but the thing is that once you get the hang of it and once you start doing it, it's freaking fun, man. Meeting fans. Yeah. I mean, it's I, there's so many people who are going to the office and they're an accountant or, you know, they're doing a job that you are living the dream by being able to play your music and being able to engage with the people who love what you do. Oh, my God, it's one of the coolest things there ever is. And I'm just really lucky that um that I see it from both sides as a music fan but also as somebody because of these books I've written that have become some of them be, hit bestseller lists become successful that that I have fans and be, seeing it from both sides is f a fascinating thing because on one hand um I I am of, often you know the the bands I love don't engage with me uh, and it doesn't, I don't like it. And I probably won't support that band anymore. Um, when they do, I love it. And I'm telling other people and I'm buying tickets to the next show. And then I, I very much make sure that when I'm involved with having somebody, you know, I give us, for example, I speak, I speak at all Tony Robbins business mastery events, 2,500 people, um, on the stage, uh, sorry, 2,500 people in the audience. And I get off the stage. It sometimes takes me 90 minutes to uh, have a chance to say hello to everyone and take all the selfies. 90 yeah. minutes. That's the best 90 minutes for my business that there is because every one of those people might buy a book or might tell their company that they should hire me to speak or, 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 or something. It's just, it's an amazing thing to have those 90 minutes of hundreds of selfies and yeah, celebrate yeah. that. Yeah, some of these labels uh, that we work with are are doing it right, and maybe it's not by design. For example, Nashville labels have been way ahead of the curve on this. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with Fanfare mm -hmm. and some yep. of these events that they have where you can go meet yep. the artists yep. and all of that. But I can tell you from working with MCA Nashville back in the day with George Strait and Reba McIntyre and Vince Gill, and whenever they would come to town as a rep, I would take them to meet the radio and the retail. They remembered everybody's name they signed everything and as you were leaving they'd run over and give you a hug and go hey jay thanks so much for your hard work mm. some of the hard rock bands that we worked with you know in the 80s and 90s you know maybe they didn't remember but i'll tell you those nashville bands right. they remembered everything and it, that was really powerful because then when some opportunity came up they were the first people that you wanted to make sure got taken care of Absolutely right. And, you know, if you're going to have a long term career, like decades long term career, every one of those people that you were um, friendly to and that, whose name you remembered along the way are potential people, pe people who can potentially help you uh, in the future. Yeah. yeah. D David, this uh, I, I could talk oh, about man. this for so long. I, I can't mean, wait to read the book. I, I, I've got two or three of your books. I, I wholeheartedly you. recommend your marketing lessons of the Grateful Dead. Thank um, you. you don't have don't don't worry if you're not a Grateful Dead fan. Get it. Read it. You need to understand this stuff, people. It is it's awesome. happening whether you are want it to happen or not. This stuff that we've just talked about occurs all the time. It's to your advantage to figure out how to take advantage of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. And there's a bunch of, of um, examples in the book from all kinds of different industries, but um, very grounded in music, lots of music examples in it. Um, and uh, the book is called Fanocracy, Turning Fans into Customers and Customers into Fans. And, awesome. and the book, I believe, comes out on the January 7th. 7th. January yep. 7th. So next week. And uh, website, where do you want people to go to get more information on you and or the book? So the best place for the in, for more information on the things we've been talking about today would be the, the book website, which is www.fanocracy.com. And we have a bunch of stuff on there, some some graphics, some downloads. You can download the first chapter for free and, um, and, and all sorts of stuff. On the social networks, I'm DM Scott. That's D-M-S-C-O-T-T. And if you're an audiobook person, my daughter and I read the audiobook version of Fanocracy. I am. Oh, nice. I'll be listening. Yep. Yeah. Nice. David, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank Uh, you, Mike. Again, again, this this is your second time here. Um, Everything you've written about in your books can be applied to music, people. Go check it out. Go check it out. Thank you so much, Michael, and thank you so much, Jay, and everybody who's listening who's an artist. Thank you for what you do because I love, love, love live music. It's a very, very important important part of my life. Um, my best friends are the friends that I go to live music shows, so you're doing important work, everyone who's who's an artist who's listening in. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you again, David. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Jay, what'd you think? Well, it's like an epiphany. I mean, this is the stuff that we try to put into words all the time. And he's so good at explaining what we believe you know, about this relationship and this connection. Now, I didn't know the science behind it. The fact that there's actually a science behind all of this (laughs) is just fascinating. I I can't wait to read the book. I did read the one chapter, you know, the the free chapter off of uh, the website. Um, Well, I'm going to listen to the audio book because I drive around so much here. But as he's talking, I found myself going like this. Yep, I get it. That's exactly right. Because that's how we connect with you know, Cheap Trick or Kiss or Elton John or Queen or who, the, the bands that we grew up with, there's a powerful connection to those bands and brands. And there are some people today that are doing those, but there are a lot of people who just think that you drop music in the marketplace yeah. and you just tour and run to your van. And it's so much more than that. You know, as, as David was talking about all of this, it dawned on me. It's like, you know, there's so many bands that, all bands are so fortunate yeah. because your music and your live performance is a natural conduit to connection and emotion. We all know. It doesn't you pick your favorite artist, you hear that song on your iPhone, your iPod, Spotify, whatever, and it's like a time warp. You're taken back to some moment in your life because that song right. was connected to it. So all bands have that. That's just a natural part of what they do. But to see bands not cultivate that and not grow and nurture that is so frustrating because yeah. on the other side, you've got traditional mom and pop stores selling regular products. 
how many products, I mean, you know, other than, you know, probably like the apples of the world, do you have a deep connection to the product? I don't have a Not connection many. to Tide. I don't have a no. connection to Crest. No, so the moment got, something else goes on sale, you're, you yeah, bail. So you've got <laughs> those companies going, how do we get what bands have with their fans? Because a customer and a fan are the same thing. Music and toothpaste, it's a product. Hate to be so simple, but that's what it is. And and these big corporate behemoths are trying to figure out how to get their customers into a tribe. How they want, how can they get them to form a tribe naturally? And somehow you've really got to let it happen naturally. It's hard to force people into a tribe. Right. Just you let can them use do this it. science that they're talking about. Like, look at Coca-Cola. It's one of those products that, in their advertising, they don't really talk too much about the product. It's more about showing you how cool you are if you have the product or how it fosters relationships, how beautiful you'll look. It's That's right. It's, it's a lifestyle, and it's very aspirational. And I think really powerful products do that, you know? And because music, it's very difficult to quantify what that great song is or that connection is. It's it's more, you know, about what you're exposed to and how that affects you emotionally and and there is some science behind that. And I'm I, I can't wait to kind of dig into that a little bit more. It's all things that I agree with. I don't I didn't know the actual scientific terms for it, but I find it fan uh, just very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I you know, I can't recommend enough go out Get his book, Fanocracy. Fanocracy. I would also suggest pick up his Marketing Lessons of the Grateful Dead. That's all about music and lessons you can pick up. How how the Grateful Dead created something, not necessarily on purpose, but it became the model for what every other band wants to That's have. Right. It's a brand. It's a it's a movement. It's a community. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So wholehearted recommendation check out david's books i would love to hear what your take is on all of this and especially if if you're able to understand the science you know have you experienced that science yeah um all right so let's just remind everybody thank you so much to all of our sponsors hypebot bands in town bandzoogle Disc makers, we greatly appreciate everything you do for us. It means so much. As always, head over to iTunes, leave us a review and a rating. That helps us as well. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that little red subscribe button so you'll never miss another episode. That's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We're out of here for another week. <laughs>